I like to party. I like, I like to party. I came here to do two things today, best buds. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. <sighs> I came here to drink scotch and read you my 20,000 page thesis on the absolute territory. You will be witnesses. Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we are here with another movie review. That's right, Best Boys. Um, but this one's really good, so you should actually watch it. <laughs> um, our, la- our last movie review was of a movie that we recommend you don't watch, but this is one you should watch. It's Penguin Highway. That's right. Um, if you haven't heard of it... Um, no no frets. We are going to tell you all about it. That's the point of it. We're here to, to hear you about it. <laughs> but first, let us hit you with a little bit of banter and some anime news up front. I want to talk about a little moment I had at work today. Let's talk about it. Yeah, one of my co-workers uh, sent a gif from Gundam Double Zero. And I was like, yo, that's actually like a really cool anime. And it's like, you know. What gif was it? Uh, I don't even remember. It was just of, like, the, um, main Gundam, the mm-hmm. Quanta or whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, it, it sparked a conversation and he started talking about his, like, fond memories of playing, like, a PS1 Gundam game. Mm-hmm. And it was not the same one as I had in mind, but it sparked memories of one of my favorite uh, Gundam games, which I thought was appropriate because Gundam Evolution is out today. Yeah, it's out today. Um, and so I'll, I brought it up, so I'll let you talk a little bit about Gundam Evolution too. But I want to talk about, and I spoofed you with the title to this section. Oh, did you? Uh, Gundam Battle Assault. Do you remember this game? I don't think I do. So it was on the PS1, and I, I think I talked about it when we did the Gundam episode, but this was like an arcade fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of like Mortal Kombat or like Street Fighter or something like that, but with Gundams. And now that I like am a little more versed in the Gundam universe, thinking back on that game, it was dope. Um, the uh, Ziong or, or what's the like big one? With the the Ziong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, That was like one of the bosses you fought at the end. And That's it would like stomp on you with like its laser feet. Um, and like... It had the Psycho Gundam, like, all kinds of, like, crazy stuff in it. That was a really fun, just, game. Like, I had no interest in Gundam at that time. That was, like, before I'd even seen uh, Wing. Mm -hmm. But it was just a really cool fighting game. So if anyone has that available to them to play in some legal means, they should definitely check it out. Yeah. Great retro game. And there's a sequel one, too, that added even more stuff to it. That sounds pretty rad. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I, I didn't play that one. I didn't really play any Gundam video games growing up. I think I played Adult Swim had one on their website that was like a little flash game for Gundam Wing. <laughs> oh, I miss um, flash games. Yeah, flash games were the. Oh, oh man, this is off topic. But do you remember Spy Hunter? No. Spy Hunter was the raddest flash game. You could get it, 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 there was like a website with a whole bunch of like Flash games and Spy Hunter was one of them. And it was basically like you had this little car and like you had to like like shoot 
like guns at the other cars and like use your little spy gadgets so like you had like an oil slick and you had like spike tires well, that and you could fun. yeah you could like upgrade your car to get like better like weapons and stuff it was fun um anyway moving on uh Gundam Evolution is out today uh, I thought it was coming out tomorrow but it was coming out tomorrow Japanese time which is today our non-Japanese time um so <laughs> I'm downloading Justin it right now Justin was never seen or heard from yeah, again yeah I'm taking off work tomorrow um no, I'm downloading it right now. It looks pretty good. It's a, it's like a first-person shooter, like online multiplayer, free-to-play. Um, it kind of looks like the gameplay is similar to like Overwatch or Valorant, where like you have, instead of different characters, you have the different Gundams. Um, and they have a whole bunch of them, too. They've got like, you know, Gundams from, I think, just about every universe. They have the Turn A Gundam. They've oh, got, yeah. mustache. They got Barbatos. They've got, uh, obviously, the Granddaddy with some Zakus. Um, they got the Wing Gundam. I think I saw maybe saw a Death Scythe too. I don't remember. Um, they've got all sorts of really cool Gundams. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, also, it's I'm really free to play, right? It's free to play. Uh, I'm also really excited that one of the weapons that the Granddaddy Gundam gets is the Gundam Hammer, which is the big spiky ball on a chain, which I really love. And it was only in the show for like three episodes, but it's like my favorite thing ever. Um, so yeah, if you're into Gundam stuff, check out Gundam Evolution. It's on Steam for free right now. I think, um, it's also coming out on Switch and, uh... It's like all the platforms, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think all of I don't know if it's coming out on Xbox, but I think all the rest of them, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm gonna dive right into the stuff that I wanted to banter about. Um, the first one is The Summer of Shonen. It's over. The summer is over. Uh, I, I like fall, so I'm not upset about it. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for fall. It's been really hot yeah. this summer. <laughs> but yeah, specifically for the summer of Shonen, um, you know, I, I had a pretty good time with it. I watched a lot of stuff that I had just, like, been neglecting or just been kind of pushing off. So, like, I watched the entirety of Black Clover, um, which was, I think, really worth it. It was really good. Um, so I also, I rewatched My Hero Academia to kind of cap off the summer of Shonen, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I love that show. It's really great. Um, it's one of the best shonen I think that are out right now. Um, and uh, I actually, because the first time around I didn't watch the OVAs for season five, um, I discovered that not only do they have a baseball episode, which was a lot of fun. It was like the My Hero Baseball League or something like that. Um, um, which I definitely still need to watch. I, I have to interject real quick too because I know the last uh, episode we talked about like all the things that were like things that were glossed over the first time yeah. uh, you watched it. What distinctly makes it one of the best uh, shonen out right now? Um, I mean, it's just got a, a, a really good cast of characters. It's got a really interesting um, kind of core conceit with the way the world works. And I think that makes it work really well as a shonen anime. So, like, you have, obviously, the, the whole thing where it takes place in high school, which is very common for shonen. Um, and it works really well for this show because you have... It allows you to have this really diverse cast of characters where you have the core, like, main, char main characters. So you have Deku and Bakugo and then All Might. You know, they're, they're the kind of core group. But then within Class 1A, you have his classmates. So, like, they're, like, one degree of separation. They get right. pretty well fleshed out. But then even from there, you have also the teachers and you have Class 2. And they or, do the same you know, class thing with 1B. the villains, too. And then also the same thing with the villains, yeah. Um... So it, it allows for, like, really interesting... Whereas, like, in, in other other um, shonen anime, you end up with, like, filler episodes. Mm -hmm. You don't get that with My Hero because even though there's some episodes might not focus on the protagonist, 
um, they are they they're not filler. They are still, you know, they still feel like they're a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it, it does a really good job of keeping people engaged in that way. Yeah, no, I, I think My Hero, it, it uses, it's not a revolutionary show by any means. It, even when it came out, it was just a really good example of a shonen show. Um, but one of its strong suits is just that it plays to the formulas really well. So even just the kind of like, high school tro anime tropes yeah. like it nails precisely absolutely um, in addition to being like a whole superhero show yeah and uh, the other thing i discovered while i was watching the ovas is that banksy exists canonically in the my hero <laughs> academia universe um the second ova for season five deals with like vandalism or something and like um one of the one of the bad guys is like like spray painting on a wall and somebody goes, what does this guy think he is, Banksy? And I was like, what? <laughs> Banksy exists in My Hero? Okay, fine. I accept this. Um, but yeah, Summer of Shonen was good. Uh, among the other things that I watched, I watched, I ca- caught up on some Bleach. Obviously not all the way, because how could I possibly? <laughs> um, I watched the first season of One Piece, which I'm going to continue watching, albeit at a slower pace. Um yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I you know maybe I'll do it again next summer. Just go really hard on some shonen for a couple months. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is just a, like a thought that I had while I was like on the couch That's watching dangerous. anime. Yeah, right. Um, no, I was just thinking like you know what? Sometimes, in fact, all the time, even it's okay to just watch the shows that you like, even oh, if they're not that's... good. That's so my philosophy. <laughs> right? Like, well, because like, I was thinking, I, I was watching at the time, um, the my recently hired maid is Suspicious, right? Uh-huh. Which is not anime of the year by any means. No. But I really enjoy it because I read the manga. And, like, you know, I recognize that it's not a show that's going to be for everybody. Um, and it's not even my favorite show. It's just something I like to watch. But, um you know, I think it, there's there's some value to be said for just enjoying a show just for the sake of enjoying it. Like, do I think it's going to... It's not going to have a second season. It's absolutely the type of show where they're just trying to get people interested in the manga. Um, but, you know, I still enjoy it. Same thing with, like, when will Ayumu make his move? It's definitely not for everybody. It's not anime of the year. It doesn't bring anything new to the table, but I just enjoy it. Well, I, I think that brings uh, up a good point of, like, there is no right way to watch anything, right? Like There is you're... a wrong way to watch anime, <laughs> For though, sure. And that is to watch Usagi With... Drop, which you're not supposed to do. I mean, that's a whole other side tangent. <laughs> but uh, more to the point of that, like, watch whatever makes you happy. There's, you know, subs, dubs, whatever. As long as you are getting something out of it, there's nothing really wrong with anything that's out there. Yeah. Uh, ex- I, mm, Except Usagi. Redo Rob. of a Healer. And Redo of a Healer. <laughs> and Harem Labyrinth. Harem, um, Harem Labyrinth. Yeah. Okay, so there's some things out there. But uh, <laughs> more to the point that, like... It's not... Okay, I'm not saying you can't enjoy Harem Labyrinth. All I'm saying is that if you do, I will judge you harshly. No, I'm trying to make a serious point. Um, <laughs> that, like, that was your mistake. There's... A lot of shows out there that may not be the best at any particular thing, but have value in and of themselves, whether it be the story or the animation or like I've watched shows that are not good in any metric, but were good for me in that moment because it was just enough to like it was the right thing to entertain Mm -hmm. my brain mindlessly for 
23 minutes at that moment in time and there's value to that so like yeah i i don't think you should be ashamed of what makes brings you joy this is this uh, is unless it's sasaki drop <laughs> <laughs> no here's the thing i think if you watch usagi drop that's fine if you wish they made the second season that's when you have a problem <laughs> that's when you're not allowed to come over to my house yes. anymore um no yeah i just I, you know i was really i was really just kind of having having a moment thinking about that also because like you know one of my favorite shows this season this is a powerhouse season that we have this season it was kind of a sleeper too like a lot of the shows that are really big are not ones that we kind of expected to be mm-hmm. um but one of my favorite shows i won't say my favorite one but one of my favorite shows this season has been call of the night which is an anime I didn't even expect to like because I read the manga and it just didn't it didn't do it for me. I, I gave up after like four chapters. Um, so you know, give things a chance, enjoy what you like, and uh, you know, yeah, live your life and and like let other people like what they like. Yeah, unless they like Harem Labyrinth, in which case you <laughs> show them politely yet firmly to the door. I mean, I suppose it probably has. No, I'm not it even... It doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. You know it doesn't. No. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to check in with Studio WEB for some anime news! That's right, best buds. We got all the anime news you can stuff in your britches. Um, Why? <laughs> Why not? So, up first, we have kind of a crazy winding story, which initially started uh, this recent Tuesday with the voice actor of Mob from season uh, one and two of Mob Psycho 100, Kyle McCarley, who posted a video on YouTube uh, stating that uh, he was having issues with Country Roll, not complying with his request uh, for the company to meet with the Screen Actors Guild, uh, the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, or also known as SAG-AFTRA, um, union representatives uh, to negotiate a potential contract on future productions. Uh, after posting this video, Crunchyroll responded, saying that Crunchyroll is excited to bring fans worldwide dub for the third season of Mob Psycho 100 uh, as a simul dub with the same day and date release as the Japanese broadcast. We will be producing our English dub at our Dallas production studios and accomplish this seamlessly as per our production and casting guidelines. We will need to recast some roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are excited for fans to enjoy new voice talent and greatly thank any departing cast for their contributions to previous seasons. Uh, to which uh, McCarley responded, it has been made abundantly clear to me in the case of season three of Mob Psycho 100, Crunchyroll is not going to be producing that show on a SAG after a contract. Am I surprised? No. <laughs> of course <laughs> like, not. This is, you know, the the English dub industry. It is real bad out there. Uh, yeah. But it is important to bring light to this because uh, I think uh, McCarley's fight is a righteous one. They should be covered under SAG after just like uh, any voice actor. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's especially it's especially a good look on um, McCarley, too, because he wasn't even just negotiating for his contract. Yeah. According to him, um, you know, he was going to be paid his, you know, normal union rate for working on the the, um, the show. What he wanted was for the entire show to be covered by 
uh, a SAG after a contract, and yeah. that is where Crunchyroll drew the line. Um, and you know, I think that's uh, that's that looks really bad on Crunchyroll, but like. At the same time, are they going to face any repercussions for it? Probably not. No. There's not a huge union movement in Japan, like, and obviously, you know, in Dallas, not a huge union <laughs> town. Uh, no. I've never, I've never been there, but I can say that pretty with pretty much uh, a 100 degree, uh, a 100 percent degree of confidence. Um, not exactly a union I think stronghold. There's probably a reason that uh, Funimation and a lot of uh, and I guess Crunchyroll now too yeah. are uh, headquartered in Dallas, and a lot of uh, Japanese dubbing is done out of Texas specifically. Yeah, wonder um, if that has anything to do with uh, work laws there. Wonder. Um, yeah, so that's a huge bummer, uh, especially because I was actually looking. I'm, I'm and I still will probably do this, but um just will have with a heavy heart was actually going to like catch up on mob psycho 100 just because i've heard so many good things about it yeah um, uh watch the sub question mark like, i mean i would have <laughs> done that on crunchy roll <laughs> i would have done that anyway but um <laughs> it's what are you gonna do in this exactly but yeah so landscape that's a bummer yeah um up next i have probably an equally important bit of news, if oh, yeah. not more. This may be the most important bit of news uh, we've ever year. covered. Yeah. yeah. Um, Studio Trigger, uh, the creators of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, um, dismissed CD Projekt uh, Red's concerns over the character Rebecca. In a live stream, a producer from CDPR admitted that Rebecca's design was particularly childlike. Caused issues during Edge Runner's production, but Studio uh, Trigger nevertheless decided to stick to its original <laughs> image. According to CDPR Dev, the studio went from saying, The lolly must stay. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is, a quote. That is a wild line for a that studio is a to quote, take. I love quote, that. the yes. lolly must stay. <laughs> if, I'm telling you right now, if that's not on a single t-shirt at Anime NYC, somebody fucked up. Yeah. Um, we are the company who voted for her to be removed from the anime altogether. Despite this, uh, it appears both teams are on the same page now with the dev saying that Rebecca is best girl. Uh, she's best girl, the dub said in, uh, during an Edge Runner watch party, which uh, took place just before the anime hit Netflix. But I feel a little bit guilty saying it because I was one of the people on the creative team who actually vote Rebecca out of the original cast during pre-production. Going further into detail, it was revealed why Cyberpunk 2077 developer was apprehensive about the character. CD Projekt Red first got the character designed for Rebecca, and they were like, she's a lolly. Lollies don't exist in Night City. It doesn't fit the Cyberpunk 2077 aesthetic. But Trigger was like, no, the lolly must stay. This, this story is wild to me because um, I haven't seen it, but I do intend to watch it at some I've point when I have time again. I've only heard good things about it. And yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that this, the anime, is the best distillation of what the all of the good parts of Cyberpunk 2077. I've heard people say that people who, like, they were like, the game, for every ounce of disappointment that the game was... This makes up for it. I've heard this might be a contender for best anime of the year. Yeah, I think we definitely need to watch it. Yeah. Uh, but oh, it's, I fully intend to. It's 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 hilarious to me that the company who screwed up the game was like trying to screw up the anime, and the people making the anime were like, "No, no." Trigger's like, "We got this." Listen, <laughs> we're studio. We're studio fucking trigger okay <laughs> when we say the have lolly you, must stay the lolly have must you ever stay. had you even know what gurren lagan is 
Do you know who I am? Have you seen Kill a Kill? You don't even know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's... Oh my god. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories we've covered recently. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was not ready for it when I saw it <laughs> on the dock. Um, and then to kind of wrap things up, uh, a, a, another kind of happy story. Um... The official Twitter account for Shueisha's uh, Weekly Shonen Jump magazine announced the 37th compiled book volume of Yoshihiro Togashi's Hunter x Hunter manga. The series' first new volume, after about four years, will launch in Japan on November 4th. The manga currently has uh, 10 chapters, 381 through 390, that have not been published in a compiled book volume. Um, Togashi commented in Weekly Shonen Jump magazine in May that he had finished the rough drafts for the 10 chapters, which is the typical amount for a volume. Uh, at the time, he had teased that he had finished seven, six set first manuscripts out of these 10, and since continued updating with uh, uh, teases of the chapter's progress. He did not reveal when the chapters would debut, but now we know! Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super psyched about it. I'm a big Hunter Hunter fan, and I'm glad that, uh... He's uh, found a way to work that doesn't cause him physical pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't been reading the manga, but you know, at some point I'll probably pick it up because it's not looking good for the anime coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is big. A, a volume being released after four years. I mean, you know, it's been happening a lot lately in uh, like anime shows where you know they brought back Devil Is a Part Timer after like seventy five years or yeah. something. I mean, they're bringing back. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but they're bringing back Urusei Yatsuda. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like a remake. That's that's. A, it's a remake, yeah. but still, I would love for them to just continue because I actually they could just. Whoever made the last uh, Hunter Hunter could totally make it again. I'd be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's good news. Uh, and then I'm going to finish it off with a little bit of rapid fire things that are coming up, coming out yeah. soon. So uh, we got confirmation of some second seasons. We got My Dress Up Darling is getting a second season. It's I don't think it's like official official that it's a second season. They're making more anime it is very likely a second yeah. season. They'd be uh, foolish to not do a second um, season. Girlfriend, Girlfriend is getting a second season, which makes me uh, happy. Um, Bofuri is getting a second season, which mm -hmm. is, was apparently news already, and I just didn't yeah, realize we, it. It kind of fell between our news cycles. Um, which is wild. Yeah. I'm so excited. It, sadly, it is delayed until January, but like... I didn't know we were getting it at all, so now I'm just super psyched about January. Yeah, I mean, I think Beaufort it's be great. is a wonderful show. Yeah, this is Beauforty season two, Beaufordies, <laughs> Beaufordies, <laughs> Beaufordies. Um, and you added a couple on here too. I did, yes. Um, so Tony Kawa's Seifuku OVA, um, which had been previously delayed, but they did um, it did preview at uh, at a convention out in San Antonio. Um, it has a new release date. It's going to be November 22nd, which is nicknamed Good Couples Day for the way 1122 is read in Japanese. Um, it's, it's Juichi ni Juni. I don't know what that means, but go on with what you do. Um, Urusei Yatsura is going to premiere on October 13th, and they've announced that it's going to have initially a two core run. So that's six months. A full Yo. six months, but it gets better because the full run is going to be four. 
So they're going to do Whoa. two cores now, and then at some point later on, they're going to do another two cores. So they're going to do a straight, like, 50 episode... It's not going to be straight. They said it's not going like, to be consecutive. But, like, but in yes. total. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, very exciting. I wonder um, if that must mean we're going to get, like... Probably the full story. Yeah, well, I imagine what'll probably happen is we're gonna get the we're gonna get the two cores uh, fall winter, and yeah. then next year again fall winter. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, I'm assuming well, it's a good show. <laughs> assuming it's a good show. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, but you know, with with, uh, with that being, they seem confident. At they, least. I mean, listen, they're good. They've got it listed for a years long run already. They yeah. better be confident. Um, but as I move on into my main news section, I'm going to begin it the way they do at CNN, with Gundam news. Can't be uh, Gundam. Oh, I thought you meant like slowly taken over by <laughs> <laughs> like right wing donors. Yeah, no. Um, we're going to talk about Gundam news, and this was one I was kicking myself in the ass because the news broke a day after we recorded our last episode. And I was like, ah, we missed it. Um, but the news is that Crunchyroll announced that it's gonna uh, that it has acquired rights to the Mobile Suit Gundam Cuckoo's Dones Island film. Oh yeah. Um, and it's gonna be it's got the rights for the UK, United States, Canada, and Australia. Um, it will screen the film in theaters later this month. Um, when you're here, when you're listening to this, it's actually gonna be out already um, in the UK. Although I believe it might have been delayed due to the uh, death of the Queen. Um, I don't know. You'll have to check that out. If you live in the UK, is famously I'm sorry. disrespectful to the Queen. Just like there, me. There will be no Gundam yeah. during the Queen's uh, yeah. procession. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, originally it had uh, been planned to release on September 21st and 22nd in the United Kingdom. Like I said, I believe that's been delayed. Check it out if you're in the UK. Um, it is screening in the US on September 27th and 28th. And in Canada on September 29th and October 1st, and for Australia it'll be streaming for uh, it'll be screening for one week starting from uh, September 29th. Um, I will be seeing it a week from when we're recording this on the 27th. You'll have a report from me on the next episode. I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, next up in our news section we have Shogak uh, Shogaku announced on Tuesday that Kanehito Yamada and Tsukasa Abe's Freerun Beyond Journeys and Manga is inspiring an anime adaptation. Yes. Yes. Shogakukan did not reveal the anime's format, but they did release a promotional visual and will announce further details at a later date. Um, Viz Media's synopsis of the story is as follows. The adventure is over, but life goes on for an elf mage just beginning to learn what living is all about. Elf mage Freerun and her courageous fellow adventurers have defeated the Demon King and brought peace to the land. But Freerun will long outlive the rest of her former party. How will she come to understand what life means to the people around her? Decades after their victory, the funeral of one of her friends confronts Freerun with her own near mortality, uh, near immortality. Freerun sets out to fulfill the last wishes of her comrades and finds herself beginning a new adventure. I love this uh, manga. I yeah. picked up the first uh, volume, gosh, what was it, like about a month ago at Book Off. Uh, I tore through it in like 20 minutes. It was so good. This um, was a Best Boy JP recommendation, right? No, this one, um, I actually, it was one of the the YouTubers. I, it was either Giguk or um, Mother's Basement mm -hmm. did an episode on it a while ago. And then when I was in Book Off, I recognized the title. And I was like, oh, you know, let me give this a shot. Um, I didn't even make it home before I finished it. I read, I wow. read, it, I read it at the bar in Japan Village. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So absolutely fantastic. I got the second volume uh, last week uh, and I read it. It was really good. Um, so I'm really excited for this. I think this is going to make a really good show. Uh, you know, they, they have said that it, they haven't confirmed the format of it. I think it'll probably be a 12 episode show. Yeah. Um, and uh, Type 12. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be uh, interesting and emotional if they do it right. Yeah, it should. Uh, the first volume was a tearjerker. It was a real, real, really emotional story. Um, second volume, a little more introspective, but uh, I think overall going to be really good. Um, and finally, we're going to wrap up my news section here with a little bit of crime news. I always love when crime news comes around. That's one of my favorite drops. I know, yeah, I put this in here because I knew you'd want to do the drop. <laughs> um, but if you're into anime at all, you might have heard of a little company called Kadokawa. Might sound familiar yes. to you. Yes, know? do tell me more. Um, well, the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office has arrested Kadokawa Chairman Sugihiko Kadokawa on suspicion of bribing a former member of the Tokyo 2020 <gasps> Summer Olympics Organizing Committee. Yes, I remember this story. Yeah, so the company is suspected of paying around 69 nice million yen, <laughs> uh, which is about $480,000, which, first of all, it, it, it's wild to me how, like, like money scandals in the U.S. and money scandals elsewhere around the world are so different. Because, yeah. like, $480,000 in the U.S. is, like, that's, like, barely a misdemeanor. Um, I, I know, but this, like, the person he's bribing is also not, like, you know, a head of state yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> um, But, yeah, he paid, uh, the, the company's suspected of paying uh, around 69 million yen or $480,000 uh, to a company affiliated with Haruyuki Takahashi, who was arrested last month on suspicion of accepting bribes from companies to secure their sponsorship for the games. Uh, Kadokawa became an official supporter of the games in April 2019 and published the official programs and results books. According to sources linked to the investigation, Kadokawa signed a deal with the consulting firm to pay the 69 million yen in 10 installments starting from May 2019. A portion of the money is believed to have been transferred to Takahashi. For his part, uh, Sugihiko Kadokawa claims that the money was for a consulting fee, and there was absolutely no recognition on his part that the money constituted a bribe. Uh, this defense, however, is complicated by the fact that the founder of Elki Holdings, yeah, another company... Yeah, we just company, paid a consulting fee to the person who accepts the, the applications. Yes, well, this defense is complicated by the fact that the founder of Elki Holdings, which is another company implicated in the bribery scandal, has already admitted that the payments that they made were bribes. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, he just accidentally signed a completely legitimate contract with a, with a company that everyone else was bribing. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the crime news there. I mean, you know, I'm generally, I'm generally in the be gay, do crimes camp, but uh, I don't really give a shit about white collar crimes. They're not interesting. No, 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 no. White collar crimes suck. Yeah, they're boring. Those people suck. They should go to jail for a long time. Yeah. Um... But yeah, speaking of people who should go to jail for a long time, uh, no, that's the bad transition. Follow us on social media. <laughs> uh, <where laughs> you can find us on his Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Uh, you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Uh, no, we won't bail you out of anywhere. Just we don't have a bail fund. We don't, yeah. have, we don't have the money for it. Um, but what you can do... You can do, bail us out. You can bail us out by 
Uh-huh, you like that? Oh, leaving us a review on... Professional <laughs> podcaster there. Yeah. Uh, leaving us a review, uh, especially on iTunes, it really helps us out with the algorithm. It only takes about a minute, doesn't cost you anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, we really look forward to hearing from you. And with that being the said... The more reviews you leave... The more the, powerful we become. The sooner the Toonami episode number two will come yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. If we, if, we, if we get within one week of this episode dropping, if we get... 25 new reviews on iTunes will release the Tsunami episode yeah. before the winter season. Yes. That's the deal. Um, take it or leave it. And with that being said, I think it's time for us to move on into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Welcome back, Best Buds. We're going to get right into the meat and potatoes, which is uh, our dissection of Penguin Highway. That's a weird way to say review. It's a review. <laughs> We're reviewing Penguin Highway. Yeah. Um, uh, it was good. Review over. Thanks. Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh, we have Best Boy Jamie here with us. Say hi, Hello. Best Boy Jamie. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get right into it. Um, we're just going to kind of give you a little of the backstory and then we'll, you know, tell you all our thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, so first up, we're going to, uh, talk about the film, which came out in 2018 from Studio Colorido. Uh, it's, uh, originally based on the science fiction novel from, of the same name by Tomohiko Morimi. Uh, the story ha also had a manga adaptation in Media Factory's Monthly Comic Alive from March 2018 to February 2019, and the film is currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video with commercials, which come in at some fun times. Yeah, the commercial cuts for this one were really <laughs> interestingly placed. <laughs> um, the novel won the Nihon uh, SF Taisho Award in 2010, and the film won the Excellence Award in the animation category in the... 22nd Jap uh, Japan Media Arts Festival. The film was directed by Hiroyasu Ishida uh, with music from Umitaro Abe. Screenplay by Makoto Ueda. Did I say that one? Ueda, yeah. <laughs> Ueda. And characters designed by Yojiro Arai. Uh, the theme song is Good Night by Hir uh, Hikaru Utada. Yeah. Um, so I guess before we kind of talk about, you know, what we thought about the film, uh, we'll just do a brief synopsis so that uh, everyone is aware of what we're, what it is we're talking about here. Uh, for a child, Aoyama has knowledge comparable to an adult. As such, he is often teased by his classmates. He also has a crush on the friendly woman he recently met at a dental office. One morning, penguins start mysteriously appearing around his neighborhood. Nobody knows where they came from and how they managed to get there. Aoyama is determined to find out more, and he joins his new crush in researching the penguins. As time passes, they discover a levitating sphere, which they nickname the Sea. Whatever goes into the sea does not come back out, and the only things that can destroy it are the penguins. However, something horrifying is created when the penguins do. Penguin Highway follows Aoyama and the woman's research on the mysterious penguins' origins, as well as the many difficulties Aoyama faces throughout his investigation. I So... Yes, that is the story of it. I feel like that only scratches the surface. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like that's as much of the story as you can tell without spoiling anything. I, I, I was actually going to say that's an impressive amount of like summary because 
the more you were talking, the more I was just like, I almost feel like it's better to go into this movie like we did completely and utterly knowing nothing. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a really good place to to start talking about this movie, yeah. which is like what our expectations were going in. Absolutely. Literally, I had heard of this movie. I was kind of bemused by the idea of like penguins just showing up in a town one day, which is kind of how the movie was initially marketed as far as I recall. They don't really market any part of like the mystery or sci-fi aspect of it. They really just say, hey, penguins here. It's like deeply mystery, deeply sci-fi. Um... And also very coming of age. I think more than anything, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Amblin films of, like, old, like, um, E.T. and, like, that kind of ilk. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost like, you know, Stranger Things um, to jump on the bandwagon. I I was reminded of when we were watching the movie... Uh, like if it were, if you were to do a wholesome fully coolie, this would be what it was like, <laughs> you know, which is bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, I think the most surprising thing about the movie was how surprising it was yeah. just like, I feel like while we were watching it the whole time, all three of us were just like guessing what was coming next or trying to figure out what the thing we were saying on screen without explanation was. Yeah, and, absolutely. And we were mostly wrong. Which yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were wrong was every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't until like right at the end that we finally figured like, oh, this is what's going on, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's just kind of like out there and and very much not what I expected of it. Um I think we should also kind of get into, like, I'm hesitant to really, like, talk too much about the plot because it is so much of a, like, unexpected ride um, that I I think kind of at this point, really, all we can discuss is, like, what, you know, kind of merits as a movie it has. Because I think outside of this kind of crazy sci-fi mystery plot, like, this movie was really firing on all cylinders. The... Uh, animation was really beautiful. The music was really good. Yeah. Um, the the penguins were great. You know, they had a real fun personality to them. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we split this up into two sections? First, let's talk about the merits of the movie. Okay. Without talking about the plot, and then we'll do a spoiler section, like a section. Not necessarily we're going to tell you the okay. ending, but like we're just going to talk more broadly about the movie. Some parts of it that, you know, or you might be a little deeper into the movie. Than yeah, so we'll go through our whole rating system. We'll do all that. And then for all those who have seen the movie or just, you know, after all our lavish praise still don't care to see the movie, you can listen to us talk about the spoilers and, and get into it. And that'll be after the end song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. What do you guys think? Um, I think it was really well done. The thing that really struck me was how um, how masterfully the story was constructed, I think. One of the things that I didn't notice while we were watching, I actually only noticed it when I was looking at the credits for the movie. Did you notice they never named the woman who works at the dentist's office? Oh, you're so right. Even yeah. in the credits, they only ever just call her lady. Oh. She never gets a name. Interesting. Yeah. That is a, I may have noticed that in the credits, too. Well, because yeah. they kind of refer to her colloquially yeah. as, like, Oni-san, yeah. or, you know, ma'am, yeah. things like that. Oh, very interesting. Uh, very, 
I can't talk too much about it because yeah. it, it, it shows how, how not like focused I was initially <laughs> watching this movie is that I did not pick up on the fact that like Onisan is not her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Uh, only now that you're saying now, I was like, oh yeah, that's not an actual name. Right, it's just a that's just a term. It didn't strike me at all while I was watching the movie well, until I watched the there's credits. There's so many other things going on too. Right. Like every every time you're kind of like focused on one thing, a new thing kind of pops up and re uh, and recontextualizes your knowledge of this world. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that we really we noticed was just how beautiful the landscapes were. They, oh, yeah. they looked like paintings. They were gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty much like a desktop background generator, that yeah, movie. Absolutely. Uh, especially there's kind of this scene in this big open field surrounded by forests um, with the, the ocean that it talks about uh, in it, which is kind of this sphere that changes sizes. But the kind of landscapes they drew around that and kind of the way they... There was one scene that I remember we paused the movie in where... Um, it was kind of like golden hour and the yeah. sun was cascading through this orb of water and you could see this kind of distorted glow in the shadow uh, of this orb that is what would have happened with the refraction of the light through that. And it was just such a beautiful just little touch. For, that frame, it, for frame of reference yeah. too as far as like the overall quality of that in the film. That the... See, sequence we had to pause it because it's literally like a half second yeah it's part yeah. of a montage it's like the best it's a montage of like them the, the kids kind of studying this sphere and like over time mm. and it's just like a half second and then like because it just stands out it's and I think that's very deliberate that it's yeah. like so much of that is like we're oh wait what that was gorgeous like yeah. we have to rewind and watch that oh. and there's there's I think a lot in this movie that it, it felt a lot like to me like a an animated Spielberg. Like yeah, you're yeah. talking about like ET and that whole thing, like just like when when Spielberg does sci-fi, it it is yeah. that vibe. It, very much so. And and I think in kind of a good transition from that too is that much like those movies where it's kind of you know, about this childhood summer where they kind of have this experience that they grow up. You see this kind of beautiful character progression, much like in those sorts of movies. Um, I think of like E.T. and not necessarily Spielberg, but very much in that ilk, something like Super 8 or, yeah. or things yeah. like that. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is that like Super 8, even Stranger, they're all... Yeah, there is homage. It's almost yeah. its own genre made yeah. by you know Spielberg and, and Spielberg doing sci-fi. I mean, however you might feel about AI, AI. I mean, AI is Spielberg adapting a Kubrick yeah. movie, so that's its own thing. But even like when Spielberg does sci-fi, it's definitely. I mean, he has kind of a style, but when he's doing like sci-fi, like stuff there's a very specific vibe yeah, to it mm, even in movies that he just produces yeah so it's like like if you had told me that spielberg produced this anime for somewhere else <laughs> like i would have been like yeah that makes sense yeah i right. know for it's sure strange. and 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 i think you definitely see a lot of that like just in in the characters and kind of the world building and and uh even the sort of um supernatural characters that yeah. exist in this yeah i mean the antagonist is 
it, it, without getting away, giving away too much, the antagonist is very um, non-traditional. And the way that it kind of comes full circle in the end, um, everything, it's one of those stories where everything lines up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like you're guessing, you're guessing, you're guessing, then that light, like small, the, the small puzzle piece that you're missing falls into place and then everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well crafted, you know? The thing that's so great about that too is you go on the journey with the main character, yeah. right? Like when he puts it together, not only do you get a really great, like, um, aha moment yeah. like the way they depicted that was like really nice and that is it's very much where we're looking at it from a second person point of view where we do we know more we know a little bit more than what the main character knows but we don't we don't have it like an omnipotent narrator yeah. we don't know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. um all we know is what's going on around the main character and his core group of like friends but it's nice to be paced as the viewer with the main character yeah. right to not feel ahead or behind them at any exactly point. this isn't the kind of movie where like you you cut to the alien spaceship where you hear the evil aliens over you know take talking about their plans to attack the avengers or whatever like you very much like you're you're feeling this in real time with the character more evil bubbles but much better bubbles (laughs) better bubbles (laughs) um so i think you know in talking about the way that this is kind of like a coming of age film uh should we talk about the boobs we should uh, probably I, talk I, about the I, boobs, right? I've been holding the whole time. It's a girl. <laughs> growing up, if it is so boobs. We, we've been very serious in our discussion about, like, <laughs> talking about Spielberg and landscapes and, like, but, like... I would like to point out it's not me who brought it up. Oh, I mean, like, you, I can tell you've been waiting. You know? No, you've been I, doing such I a great actually job. could have gone the whole so, time without talking about that it. That is a lie. Don't to lie to me. people experience don't, it for themselves. So Don't okay. lie to me in front of Jamie like that. So uh, what Best Boy Justin is talking about is a large through line to this movie is Opie. Um yeah. In the sense that it's, you get this young boy's kind of, like, sexual awakening as part of the movie. And not, like, in a weird way, but just in a way where he's, like, discovered boobs. And, like, he's just kind of, like, I, I don't think he's even put it to a sexual place yet. No, he's just... It's just that, like, fascination that comes, like, right as you're about to hit, like, puberty. Yeah. He's that... Yeah, he's that age. I mean, I can't speak to that because I was always this way. Uh, (laughs) I did not need puberty uh, to be obsessed with boobs or anything like that. But he is, because he's like that, like a hyper, hyper intellectual kid, he's kind of on that, you know, boundary between having a great affection for someone yeah, yeah. and having the the sexual element being part of that but it's not he hasn't hit that age yet yeah, yeah. and also he's the type of, he seem, seems to be that type of kid who is just like you know almost like it just that's even that once he hits that age yeah. he may not figure it out well, like, intellectually I think the part of it too is like it's not like a Beavis and Butthead like oh, boobs yeah. yeah like it's more along the lines of he's like it's, it's not like he loves boobs but he has noticed the boobs of this particular woman who he's infatuated with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is... And, and it's funny, too, but the infatuation is not, like, because of the boobs or, like, no, in a sexual it's a, manner. No, it's just a part of it. Yeah, it's... 
it's on a lot of it's a scientific a yeah. spiritual yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's on a lot of different he's things. very Spockian <laughs> yeah. as, as what often happens when you have the little hyper analytical kid yeah uh, the hyper logical kid but <laughs> and it does it lend a very realness to it and it's funny too and it, it, it's funny and also real in that like you have his friend who is not at that stage yet, right? Yeah, he's like yeah. a he little behind him. <laughs> so he doesn't understand why Aoyama is interested in boobs. He doesn't get it. But he's also weirdly em- emotionally more attuned to everything. Yeah. His friend. His friend is, is very, like, emotionally active and, like, sensing and, and like, very, um, what's and, the word? And falls over a lot. He falls over a lot, but he's very <laughs> empathic. But he just, he does not understand Aoyama's love of of boobs. He's just like, well, Aoyama brings it up occasionally and he's just like, I don't get it. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also very real because that shit, that happens at the same, Dude, different times for different people. I definitely know? remember that in adolescence. Yeah. Like, being at different stages and, you know, people talking about, uh, being on both ends of it, you know, being yeah. the, like, person who wasn't there yet and being like, well, why do you guys care about this? And then being like, How, why don't you care about this? Yeah. So I thought, I thought like, you know, we're joking, like, oh, it's about boobs. But like, I thought that also that was a very humanizing element of the movie. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of that too. And we, we also, because anime is anime, there, there's elements in there where we're just like, you know, is this a grooming anime? Like, yeah. it's just because anime is anime, you're just waiting for the horrible waiting turn. For it. <laughs> uh, fortunately, unfortunately, never comes. Yes, yes very the, fortunately, uh, we can let everyone uh, be <laughs> safe and knowing that it's it's not going to anime itself. Yeah, but I think from there, maybe let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of the different characters in the in the movie because we have you have an interesting relationship not only between Aoyama and the Onesan, also between him and uh, the bully, the bully yeah. kid. Ha, it turns and out to be interesting. his whole little group. Yeah. The whole little bully group. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of the most fleshed out bully arcs within yeah. a, a movie, too. It's not the Biff bully. Yeah. No, it's not like the bully who's just mean because he's a dick. Like, you, you have the bully who's mean because he kind of, he doesn't understand some things about the world and he understands things about the world that, like, maybe he shouldn't yet. And he's got these weird kind of, ide- like, he's got these weird kind of clashes. Well, he has romantic feelings. He for... has, well, yeah, because he, he has feelings for the, the, the female lead, but he doesn't understand them. Yeah. You know? And he doesn't understand how to act with them. Yeah. There's also, I, I find it interesting, uh, especially in this film, is that, like, you have the kid who's... So more than any of the other... Because he's the biggest yeah. of the characters. Yeah. So I would say that, like, he's the character who physically, probably, and in some ways, like, hormonally, is ahead of everyone else. Yeah. But because he's not as smart as the main character, he doesn't... That's what I think makes him such an interesting bully. Like, this is how I read it, is yeah. that, like, physically... He's ahead of everybody else, but he, because he's mentally the same as everyone else around him, he's just confused and angry about it and lashing yeah. out. Yeah. Like, that's really how that came across. Oh, no. I mean, it can never be said enough. That age is horrible. It yeah. is. But like, also, <laughs> like that age in and of itself is part of the story that this movie has to tell. Yeah. Because also, you get people like, um, I can't remember, I wish I could remember her name, the main character... 
the main female lead, she is a very intellectually developed young lady. She's very smart. Um, she's very emotionally intelligent, but she's also still a child, yeah. which leads her to have tantrums mm -hmm. and to not re always react to things logically. And you can kind of see the um, the conflict within her when she realizes she's not acting rationally, but she can't help it because she's a child. You know? Yeah, I, I think there's an interesting fascination towards stories in this age range. And what I was realizing from this is like, this is that age where you transition from, like, a child into, like, that adult you are going to be, right? Right. So it's, like, this is your chance to, like, show the world who you're going to be. And so giving these kids, like, these fantastical situations to yeah. kind of, like, show who they are is kind of the excitement to it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of, like, that doorway to adolescence, that just, like, just preteen kind of um, age group. Um, where, like, it's not quite, like, usually when you, with your shonen like, shows, you get, like, a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, you get, like, a high school student. But in this case, it's more, um, of, like, that stage just before that, yeah. you know? It, it's also funny, thinking about it, too, I'm realizing that this feels like such a distinctly kind of Western sort of storytelling, because all my points of reference that's what I was, are, like, yes, that's, the yeah. Sandlot, yeah, Stand yeah. By Me, like... E.T., Stranger Things, I'm actually Super really curious eight. to read the novel to kind of see if, yeah. we, if I would get that feeling from the novel. Because I know a lot of Japanese sci-fi does take a lot of cues from Western literature, so I'm wondering if maybe that's kind of the reason why maybe the, the novel is written in a very traditionally Western sci-fi kind of way. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe that's just a, a direction that the film took. I, don't, I couldn't say, but... Yeah. Um... So yeah, I, I think, you know, at this point, we've kind of gone over a lot of what we loved about it. Uh, I don't have a ton, like, negative to say about it. Yeah, we're, we're kind of doing this format a little different from our last film review, because our last film review had very clearly delineated pros and cons, whereas this movie I really don't have that kind of same dynamic with. Um I mean, you know, if I were, I, I'm, I'm kind of hard-pressed to come up with, like, any major criticisms of the film. Like, anything I didn't, like, really didn't like. What do you think, Dan? I mean, other than, I, I would say the only thing I could really say would be the marketing. Uh, I think. Yeah, it, yes, yeah. It, it, like, I could imagine that there were people who took their young children to see this movie yeah, and, maybe. You know, think well, just thinking that it's going to be like, oh, a silly movie about like how did these penguins get here? Because that that's what it was portrayed yeah, as, I, and and I don't think that this is a movie for, you know, five to eight year olds. I think this is, I you know maybe maybe a, a little bit like I don't know I don't know how children so, develop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like this is you know a thinking movie. It has some kind of mature topics i wouldn't even say really that but like yeah you know i i don't think you know you want your five-year-old asking about the boobs um maybe you do i don't know <laughs> but also it might be scary at a couple of points for children of that age there are some like monsterish depictions yeah there's uh, also like some stuff in it that is just gonna go way over the yeah heads. i you know i think 
I think they're like teenage kids would like this. Honestly, I think this is a movie more targeted for adults looking for kind of that like summertime adolescent coming of age movie. That actually kind of leads me into one of the things I did want to talk about. What do you guys, where would you put this in the demographics category for, for anime? So like Seinen, Shonen, Jose, Shoujo. What do you think? Where do you think this one was marketed to? For my money, I would say uh, maybe Seinen, you know, maybe older, uh, you know, Young adults to to adults, you know, kind of yeah, age range. I would, I, would I would say the just because I'm not as familiar with the terms, uh, I I'd say solidly tween to teenager. Okay, tween to teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and why would you say that? Uh, because it is, and and also like us, I would say it. It's that, but it's also, I think it's, it is to a specific subset of those kids, mm -hmm. which is, uh, kids who are a little bit, and their parents, uh, to an even greater extent, I would say, uh, who are a lot like the main character. Okay. So like intellectually kind of yeah. advanced. You know what? I'm, I'm going to change my mind. I think it's a family movie. Right? Like, this is a movie... I agree. Know, yeah, you, that's what I mean. You yeah. could sit Sorry, down I think that's with your, like, what I mean. your parents and your, you know... I wonder what your you Your 10-year-old and your 13-year-old, and they would all probably enjoy, like, slightly different things out of it. I wonder what kind of category, that, if, that, if that even is a category. I'm not sure. Honestly, I, more specifically than anything, I would put this in, like, sci-fi mystery. Right, but that's more of a genre. Right, genre-wise. But demographic-wise, you know... It's tough to say. I think it was shooting for a broad demographic, right? Okay. You know, I, I think it's shooting for kind of more the, like, traditional Pixar route, well, maybe. Not, I, not like the... Or not maybe Pixar, but, like... I'm trying to think. Oh, you know who's a good example? Um, who's that company that does all the, like, Kubo and the Two Strings and Coraline and... Oh, it'll come to me. I want to... Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. By the way, the, the main female... <laughs> the uh, female kid is Hamamato. Oh, but, okay, like, yeah. the kind of movies that... Because uh, that definitely strikes a balance between, like, adults and, like, that kind of, like, teenage yeah. age range. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean there. Um, okay, so we would consider the marketing maybe to be a con... Um, as close to one as we could think of. I, I really don't have much. I mean, yeah. I really, I did very thoroughly Leica. enjoy the show. Leica. Ah, yes. okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think with that, I, I'm pretty comfortable getting into the, uh, Best Boys official rating system, affectionately known as Bob. Yeah. Or Robert, if you well, nasty. Well, I, this is a government name. I yeah. do want to, before we get to the actual rate, I do oh, yeah. want to say, like, as far as, because we were talking about, like, you know, the demographic and... So it's interesting, like, specifically, I'd be curious to see, like, how well this actually did in Japan and, like... I actually had those numbers in an earlier version of the doc. I can pull them up real yeah, quick if you want Yeah, and the reason talk. why I say that... I think it did all right. I don't think it's doing, like, you know, One Piece Red sure. numbers. Well, because we were talking about, like, you know, the genre and what... And a lot of what I was thinking about, because we were talking about, like, how good the writing is and how we were surprised... Uh, at every turn, and this is a tiny bit of a tangent, but it's very specific to this movie, uh -huh. is what I thought about the writing, was there was, at no time did it feel like it had a need to dumb anything down yeah. to appeal to any 
particular demographic, especially when it starts to get and, a little crazy. Like it's and I appreciate that, especially with movies that do target kids too. Is yeah. like I hate when movies are like, oh, let's go for like fart joke because you know. Well, it's, well, not even there's <laughs> there's just like the sci-fi element of it. One of my biggest pet peeves in a lot of the recent movies that I've been watching, you know, that are just general audience movies, yeah. you know, that they release here in the States, uh, even if they're for, like, a streaming service, is just like, ah, uh, this would have been really great if you didn't feel the need to make everything dumber so that you could appeal right. to a <laughs> wider... Like, it's always my... When we talk about antagonist... Antagon eh, word I can't say, apparently. Um antagonists it's yeah. like they always whenever the antagonist is supposed to be a super genius or like when the kid is supposed to be super smart right it's a they're always it was like wow he doesn't really sound like he's a super genius yeah. he sounds like the version of a super genius that someone who is a writer who is actually not as smart as the person they yeah, are writing right. about absolutely whereas so, this i really got them feeling it's like pst, the novelist, maybe they were right, or the screenwriter is mm. like might be pretty intelligent. Pretty intelligent. Yeah. So I have the numbers for the film. Um, it uh, it premiered in 192 theaters in its opening weekend and placed in tenth in the box office. Um, and for over, the year? No, no, no. Just during the during the oh, opening okay. weekend. Um, and it's it brought, not bad. No, yeah. it brought in a total of 307 million yen, which is about 2.7 million dollars. Um, which is, you know, cause like also one thing to consider about this film too, is it's not a major anime film. It's actually kind of closer to an indie, not an indie film, but like, I would say so. Colorado is not a big, studio. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Colorado is, it, it, they don't have a whole lot of huge name credits. So like to me for like what you would, I guess the most, the closest allegory would be like an indie film. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And also, it did it did uh, it did the circuit at a lot of film festivals before its actual opening weekend, where it did really well. So, it's yeah, I, I would say financially, it's not going to be like the biggest hit, no. especially yeah. when you have things like I don't know if you guys have seen the numbers coming out of uh, Dragon Ball Super. Oh Super God, Hero it's doing this numbers. It's, oh, this I, spoiler. We recorded this <laughs> a while ago, but. That did crazy numbers. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Um, but uh, the other thing that that kind of just talking about the numbers made me think of is kind of my rage at the fact that like, how is this movie not considered for like Academy Award for Best sure. Animated Film? Yeah, I mean the animation was gorgeous, as we're gonna we're gonna get into when we're talking to Bob. But um, you know, uh, I I I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of films like this that kind of fly under the radar which is why i'm kind of glad we chose this film to do a review of absolutely well and and it's not that an anime film has not ever been nominated or even won before because spirited away did yeah yeah and i would say this movie i enjoyed watching this movie more than spirited away i know that's like heresy like I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy Ghibli movies in general, so, so but that's like, heresy. I, listen, I like Ghibli movies, and I think Spirited Away is an amazing movie, but I think that this is more of an Academy Award. Well, well here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I 
it would have never even been on the radar of anyone yeah. to watch the Academy. Just because in order for any of that stuff to... It, there has to be a studio and a marketing department big enough to get it into Academy members' hands. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And this movie is not that. Yeah, no, which is you're like totally right. Which is like 90%, 95% so, of anime anyway. Yeah. So let's give it some awards with, with, <laughs> with good old Roberts. <laughs> um, up first, we have visuals, which accounts for 25 uh, points and considers things like animation and character design. Um Best boy, Jamie, I'm not sure if you're aware of how we do this, but we do this off the cuff. Yep. We're going to come to a consensus on this. We got 25 points to to give this category. I'm looking at high marks here, boys. Yeah, I think uh, animation-wise, you know, full, almost full bore, if not complete full points on this one. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, it's... Sorry, for a piece of paper. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it, it, good enough. It's tricky, right? Because this is not Mugen Train. Right. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's I was just thinking about like, you know, character design, that kind of thing. Well, like it, it's not the kind of like flashy CG like fight fest of a movie like that. Um it's it's, you know, pencil work. It's, you know, it's landscapes. It's you know these kind of fantastical creatures. Like you, you know, you have the penguins, but there's other things that they draw and they animate and they give life to mm-hmm. that I, you know, were all stellar. Um, I'm thinking 24. Okay, where? Uh, what do you? What do you think, Jamie? I was gonna Before go I... or, or probably around. 22 okay. based on the criteria you gave me okay. if only for no other reason that like it would be higher except if you're talking about stuff like character design mm-hmm. there isn't anything particularly that like it's not that there's anything wrong with it but there's nothing that I'm like as far as like character design that I'm zeroing in on like that's a gorgeous design for a character well with I the think... possible exception of Onisan just like there's something about... So I'll, I'll push back on that, too, and uh, encourage you to think about the penguins and their kind of animation. Sure. As well as the ocean and kind of how that is drawn and done as a character. The Jabberwocky. I see, that's the thing. That, so, that's the only, that's where I was just like, oh, you, I, I'll push back again. You're not a that. Jabberwocky fan? It, but it's not... Well, be, because... It is, it is what you often do when you have like a quote unquote alien creature or if you're going to have something like a penguin is you basically, you combine two, uh, you juxtapose two different types of animals. In this case, a leopard seal and a person to a certain extent mm-hmm. because it's got like people legs. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's like mashup animal is basically what that design is. Um. Which makes sense I, in the context of the film. I don't know if I'm spoiling anything, but... No, that's fine. Uh, I would also um, maybe interject to say, you know, one thing to consider also, when we're talking about the visuals and the animation, do you re- remember the scene where she throws the Coke can? And I'm not going to say anything oh, more about yeah, what happened. that was really nice. But that was, they, you know, those kind of sequences were also very well done. And also the little moment that you mentioned about the bully. Yeah. Just that design of him being a little bit taller is really great. 
I would say my for my two cents, maybe split the difference between you two and go with a twenty three. I feel good I was, about that. I was vacillating between twenty two and twenty three. Yeah, Look. let's go solid twenty three. I feel like that's kind of the realm we're yeah, all yeah, shooting yeah. in. Cool. And uh, listen, I think twenty three out of twenty five is <laughs> yeah. pretty friggin' good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, it's so gorgeous. Like that's yeah. all. I was just like, I'm, I'm like, gonna, it's gonna be almost perfect. For I me. think we're, you know, I can be lenient, but I think when it comes to like giving a movie like an actual like rating, like I'm relatively. I like to think I'm relatively strict. This yeah. is just how much we actually really like this movie. We did. We did very also, very much appreciate the movie. Aside from like the water effects, it looks like it's mostly cell, unless they've gotten so good with digital that they just make it made it look I, like cell. I don't think that's this movie. I don't think this is the movie that's thrown in the a lot of the CG. Yeah, I think especially it, I think with it the return on it. Yeah. Um, which is even kind of more impressive. That's what I yeah. Um, up next we have the sound design, which is also 25 points. Um, this includes things such as the OP, the ED, the score, the sound design, and the voice acting. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, maybe this is a category I can go a little lower. Uh, kind of like what you said with the visuals, it was good. Nothing about it jumped out at me as outstanding. Um, if I had to give it, um, if I, you know, throw my own points ratings out there, I would say maybe 22 to 21 or 22. Um, I, you know, the OP was fine. I don't remember it. So it obviously wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, so it's, it's interesting because I, I, I am really into scores. Okay. And I don't, I can't think mm -hmm. whether it is a because of the nature of the film, whether it is a intent and a good thing that I didn't notice the score uh -huh. really at all, whether that's intentional or not. Uh, so I'm probably going to go pretty close to what Justin said. Like the, It's just that element of like, I'm conflicted on yeah. this because I'm like, I can't say whether the fact that none of that really stood out as amazing to me well, and, is by and in, some of it by intent. Yeah. <laughs> you know How what many I mean? days ago did we watch this? Mm, like what, two or three? Yeah, yeah so it, it hasn't been a ton of days, but it's also been enough time that like, so uh, well, I would say if I had to throw out a number, I'd be somewhere around 20 because okay. I, I everything was serviceable. I don't have a single complaint about it, but like you're saying, there's nothing exceptional about this. And the way I kind of see that is... It's an 80%. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like where we're, con we're comparing it to the other movie we reviewed, which was Bubble, whereas Bubble did have very dynamic sound design. Like, the bubbles made noise. It felt, you know, very... It was. It felt more sound-oriented, whereas in this case, the sound was not a huge part of the film. So, uh, yes and no. I think in terms of, like, voice acting, which was great um the you know opeed ost were all serviceable the um sound design i thought was really good i i agree with i that. think I the penguins yeah. had really great sounds to them i think you know some of the more fantastical elements were really well um done you know the mixing was good which is honestly something that it, lately in movies has just been really terrible like big action scenes will just be like vastly different in sound mm -hmm. 
than like talking scenes and you know we didn't really get any of that in this movie so I, I, from that pers like the, the just the technical parts of it i think were very well executed i would also partially because i'd say partially because of the language barrier of you know watching it in it's and also because of the way japanese voiceover works just in general it's so hard to judge whether the voice acting is any good on anything well to me for, it, for me it's it's yeah. it's shows that stick out so like we were talking about um so i miss spider so what yeah. like earlier like that voice acting performance was like it didn't even matter you know that i didn't understand what sure. she was saying like yeah, that yeah. brought a life to yeah. the character sure and it had to because there's basically a one woman show for most of it yeah this one it's just like you know they did a fine job they, they conveyed all the emotions like there wasn't anything stand out for me i think what i mean when i talk about sound design also though is um sound identity so like mm. the reason why bubble sticks out more to me than this one does is because the various elements of the movie had their own sound identity so mm. like you can tell what's going on in the screen by listening where like when the when the bubbles were chasing them, like you hear the popping of the bubbles and the rush and the water, and like you could like hear like the you know the running of the feet and the heavy breathing of, you know of the people when they're running across the buildings, and that that's something that I kind of look that look at for a more dynamic sense of sound design. Yeah. You know, not that not necessarily that the sound design of this movie was bad. It just didn't. It wasn't as outstanding to me as maybe a, a, another show that I would rate higher. That's where you know? I would say that I was conflicted. Because there is definitely, based on a lot, uh, with the exception of like the last quarter of the film, maybe, I'd say there's a lot of the stuff I it seems to be deliberately designed to not, that it's seamless so that you focus on the characters. Yeah, to be story. unobtrusive. Yeah. yeah, I think that's totally fair. So, so what are we thinking in terms of, of score? Um, <laughs> not sound yeah, score, yeah, but yeah. like number score. <laughs> I'm thinking like maybe twenty or twenty one. Yeah, I feel I good at twenty. I, yeah, I was 20. good. I think I was good at twenty. As twenty, well. it is. Alrighty, now for the big one: story. Yep. Thirty points. Writing or writing concepts and character. Um, I mean, for me, again, I'm looking at a very high score on this one. I thought it it, it all the story really came together well. Um. It like it had those moments like we were talking about where everything you you piece it together as the 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 characters do, um, and I think that the relationships between the characters are really well written. Uh, I come back to the fact that you know we were we were legitimately guessing yeah. throughout mm -hmm. the entire movie mm -hmm. and almost always wrong. And for three people who've watched a lot of anime. <laughs> And a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. That is really hard to do. Yeah. So if for no other reason than that reason, and also the fact that usually when something like that is done so well, something else in the writing falls behind, and this movie had none of that. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go way high in the writing as well. I mean, I'll throw my number out. Like, I'm... I'm okay to give this a 30. Yeah. Like, I think... I thought we were doing it at a 25. No, that was this the last category. This category oh, this has more. Yeah. We, um, we weight the story a little higher than some of the Oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
it just kind of I feel encompasses more of what makes the movie the movie and and a good one and and I think you're totally right um, in that it you know you would think that with such a complex narrative that some plot element would get dropped um, but they kind of wrap up answer all the questions tie up all the loose ends give all the characters enough time and growth and and explore all the relationships like i really f feel like there's probably a good 10 characters in this movie 10 to 12 characters yeah overall. most of them minor yeah and and i feel like i understand them all well and their relationships together and the kind of this wild story that we went on and it's a very unique sci-fi story too i haven't yeah. really seen this idea explored like this I mean, and and idea and concept wise y usually when you're going this high concept and this complex without getting any spoiler details the character relationships and character development are is usually the thing that gets left behind and this movie doesn't have that also when you're talking about minor characters there are characters who show up later in the film and usually especially in a sci-fi story and particularly in anime, it's usually the glaring example of bad writing mm -hmm. when the new character becomes, is glaringly like, oh, this is the MacGuffin character yeah. or whatever, and do not have that. Even with uh, the girl's dad. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of when you, when you were saying um, minor characters who come in later in the, in the movie. Um, for me, I think it, I definitely am comfortable giving this one full marks, and I think the the number one reason for that for me is how well um, Hanamoto, the female character, was written. Yeah, because it, it really stuck out to me how the 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 internal emotional conflict that she has between being this very smart, logical, um, science minded person and also dealing with um, kind of childish emotions illogical emotions things that she doesn't understand and i felt that that was like that was you could tell that the main character was written really well uh aoyama but her the way she was written i felt was very perfectly it's done. weird i would almost disagree that she's having like childlike emotions she's having more well, adult emotions she's, than none of the other characters what i mean by that is she's, she's having emo she's dealing with her emotions in a childlike way oh yeah she's yeah, a sure. child yeah yeah because big emotions are tough for little people yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm totally comfortable giving this one a full 30 points for the story. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel. I I would not expect to see this happen again in the near future in a review, but I this is... I, I'm very hesitant to, as someone who's done a good deal of writing and is a big stickler on writing, I am very reluctant to give anything full marks writing, but yeah. <laughs> Great, well, 30 it is. So this one is uh, a little tricky um, because the, the last uh, set of points is 20, which does not divide evenly into three. And this is the subjective where we get to pick how many points this gets. So as uh, we have a guest today, the way we're going to do this is uh, we're going to give Best Boy Jamie... 10 of the points, and uh, Best Boy Justin will get 5, and I will get 5. Yep. And that's how we will do the last 20 points. So this is each of your times to give it 
whatever you want. So for you, best boy Justin, five out of five. Why don't you kick us out? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, or out of five points. Yeah, I'm kicking you out. Get the hell out of here. Will you get the hell out of here if I give you five hundred elephants? Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, for me, it's gonna be, uh, you know, if I'm rating this anime out of five, right? What am I giving it? I'm giving it a five. The, it was really well done. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, uh, I was like completely dumbfounded um, by how how well written this this show was. And you know, for Best Boy Dan, you know how I am very focused on characters when I'm when I'm watching an anime. Uh, and you know, Penguin Highway knocked it out of the park character wise. Like mm. there was, you know, we just got finished talking about it, so I'm not going to harp on it. But like that was the thing that pushed me over the edge for that like, if you're if you're asking me what the difference between if I was going to give this a 4 or if I was going to give this a 5 it would be how masterfully the characters were written so for me for my subjective points I'm giving it 5 points um and I'll go next since uh that's boy uh Jamie has 10 to giveaway we're going to put all uh, the pressure I, on him yeah it's real simple I'm also going to go with a 5 out of 5 I I couldn't imagine giving this a four out of five. It's just like, you know, if we could get down into like points and I was, you know, grading on out of like a hundred, you know, we could have some minor quibbles here and there. No movie is perfect. Um, Except for Armageddon, which is absolutely perfect. (laughs) Um, Hurt you. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Daredevil and the Daredevil movie. I will throw my glass jar of now empty water at you. You need to watch the director's cut. I've watched the director's cut. All the things that are wrong with the movie are still fucking wrong with the movie. Um, It's a little better. I'll give it that. I'll give you that much. It's a tiny um, bit better. Not that Jamie has big feelings about that. Clear. No, I I don't have very strong feelings about that at all. Um, But uh, yeah, I just I couldn't imagine giving this a four out of five. So on that scale, absolutely a five out of five. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, it was great. I you know I was just like down to watch some pengies. Uh, oh, can we we haven't discussed the fact that like the Japanese word for penguin is the most adorable, Pengi. especially when said by a small child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, was, I just wanted some pengies, and I got that, and so much more. Yep. Yeah. So I have to give it a nine out of ten, <gasps> but for a very specific reason. All right. Um, you want to make me cry? No. Uh, so I am very hesitant because I have been burned in the past mm-hmm. about giving movies that I've really loved like a perfect score with ha- having not seen them again. Okay. Because there are several movies, I mean, it, I, I, one immediately leaps to mind, that I loved on initial watch. It's not an anime. and I bought It was Garden State. I loved it, and upon and I loved it so much that I now own it. Uh, actually, I might not still own it, but upon repeat watchings of that show of that movie, that movie gets progressively worse as you watch it again. <laughs> you realize how actually not good that movie is the more times you watch it. I, so, <laughs> so in general, yes, I agree with you that like. It, it so does. I am hesitant. I would. I would wholeheartedly. Give it a 10 out of 10. I just need 
to watch it again because I like I said I've had two I've watched a bunch of movies too many times where like my initial reaction to it is super positive and then I go back and I watch it under sometimes different circumstances or just like it just doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen with this movie honestly. No, there is it, it I would be interested to see how it watches a second time that's knowing the thing. everything. Yeah, yeah, is whether whether cuz one of the But examples... I don't necessarily know if that makes uh, so first off, it is subjective. So it is 9 out of 10 from Jamie. Yeah. So, um but just because I think it brings up an interesting conversation like for me, I think that there are merits to movies that are designed to be watched once, right? Sure. Like, horror movies, on the whole, do not work a second yes. time because you know the scares, right? Comedy move well, like, certain comedy movies sure. only work once because the whole point of comedy is the surprise and the, like... Oh, subverting expectations. But once you've seen it, you have those expectations. So, so two things about that. Because <laughs> uh, you brought up two very specific examples. Uh, so I have a feeling that this is the type of movie that will actually possibly... I If you were to talk to me again mm. in, say, like a month, and I've watched this movie again maybe two more times, I, I highly suspect that I will give it a 10 out of 10 because it, it appears to be a movie that even if you do know the surprises, there's stuff that's going to reward you mm-hmm. because it's so well done and the writing is so good that you can... I mean, the example that I come back to that I come back to about this is uh, a show in a movie. Uh, number one, the, the Usual Suspects is a different movie but not less good when you watch it knowing the secret. Because you notice stuff about him and about how the movie... You, you almost admire how the movie is executed more because some of the stuff is still just as good after, even when you know the surprise. Uh, and the show that I... Uh, is the divide between The Good Place, the first and the second season. I watched it completely knowing the whole thing the first season and it's actually amazing how much in the first season they plant clues Mm. about what's really going on and if you know it and you notice them and you wouldn't necessarily have noticed them if you didn't know it i think that this is going to be one of those movies if you rewatch it there's probably stuff all over the place that clues you in uh it's just you know that's my thing is it's like i can't i can't i can't give something a perfect score until i watch it more than once Fair enough. And so, what, you, what? Just because what you said about horror films, uh, yeah, horror films don't work on repeat viewings, but usually because horror movies that are based only pure, almost purely on jump scares, uh, are don't work in the rewatch. Uh, really good horror films work a lot on rewatch. That is fair. That, that is aren't good, based purely on jump scares. That is a good point. <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, Best Boy Justin, but I think I know what the total is. What's that? Is it 93? 92. Oh. Yep. So this one gets a 92, um, which is an A-. minus. How do we feel about that overall score? Uh, weirdly, I think it should be a little higher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, really, where, where it ended up losing points uh, was in the sound section. Yeah. 
That's that's really kind of you the only what? place that I ended up losing points was sound. But you know what? I think maybe that's a maybe I don't feel so bad about that. Maybe when you it's... when you look at it that way, right? Yeah, because I. It, it, I the reason when we came up with the points originally we weighted that so high is because it's such an important aspect of the movie but it's not something that you are necessarily supposed to notice right, right? Yeah, yeah. like there are times where you're you know supposed to notice sure. the sound but like it is an unsung hero but really one of the biggest parts of what makes a movie a movie it's yeah. an audio and visual and medium. if I'm be, when I'm talking about repeat watchings, um, one of the things that always ends up hitting me harder is the score. Mm. Upon is like I feel like this is a movie in which the score is more seamless, or at least I wasn't noticing it as much. Yeah. I feel like that's something that might jump out to me a little bit more upon repeat viewings. Okay. Uh, as someone who's just like, that's why I felt conflicted. I was, was like, I want to rate it higher, but I don't, like, the seamlessness might be a uh, yeah. really good thing. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah, and I mean, when you, when you look at the rest of the categories, it only, it lost two points in visuals, which is a really good score, and it lost one point in subjective. Like, other than that, you know, sound was the only thing that it lost it. You got full marks in story. Um, so I think, you know, 92 points, I feel like, is pretty, you know, is a pretty yeah. good spot for this film. Yeah, and, like, and I, said, like I said, it's going to take a lot to get a perfect movie. If yeah. I And if I watch it again, it might be bumped back yeah, <laughs> into right? an A. Like, yeah. just, it might gain, like, two or three more points. But, yeah, so I think that brings us to a good place. I, I would say um, I, the way I kind of wanted to wrap this one up is uh, I would like for each of us to pick a series. Like, if you like this, you will like this movie. Oh, okay. So I'll start it off. So I think if you enjoyed Astra Lost in Space, you will enjoy Pengi Highway. Okay, that's an interesting... Um... Comparison that is um, I mean, I think for me, the answer would be fully coolie because, like, you're coming at it, I see, you know, with uh, Astro Lost in Space, you're coming at it from a very <laughs> I sci-fi... I the easy one. <laughs> you, no, it's not necessarily the easy one, but you're, you're coming at it from more of a sci-fi perspective, which I think is very valid. Um, from my end, I'm looking at it more as a coming-of-age story, and for, for that, uh, you know, a coming-of-age story with heavy sci-fi leanings and mystery... Fully Cooley. There you go. Uh, it's definitely not as wholesome as this movie <laughs> is, but uh, also I think a pretty good uh, coming of age story. I'm trying to think of a, of the show that is a, of a show that is more on the character. Mm. Uh, I'm, but my gut instinct is because I just started watching it, and like concept wise, uh, if not character wise, is Steins Gate. Oh yeah, okay, I can yeah, yeah, I can see, see Steins Gate. Absolutely. Uh, which, <laughs> which just, which just saying that I feel like I've spoiled something for this movie. <laughs> not, not that there's any conceptual yeah, no. similarities, but like it's just like, you know, yeah, just like that, like you're conceptually you're still like guessing. Yeah, yeah, you never, you don't put the story together really until the end. It does have a, it has heavy Steins Gate vibes. 
I would say. Absolutely. But yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, we're going to play y'all out. Uh, and then those who want some spoilers, stick around afterwards. Yeah, hit us up on the socials at bestboys underscore pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Jamie, do you want to plug your podcast? Yes. Uh, we we don't. I mean, I, I really do, but we don't. We aren't coming out often enough. It is uh, the Nerd Pro Quo podcast. We talk about general nerdy things. Uh, we definitely have a social justice political bent so if that is your jam uh you should check us out yeah. outstanding check if out you our like pro quo. us uh and you want a little bit less hyper specific anime and more general pop culture check out nerd pro quo and a certain and a certain bit of less structure and more yelling yes <laughs> all right so we're gonna play the outro music and then we're gonna talk some spoilers to round it out Spoiler time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. So when when we discovered what was the what was the the, the puzzle piece moment for you guys where where the story came together and you finally understood it. Uh, I wish I could say when they were talking about the like pocket dimension, but mm-hmm. like not till like the end. Yeah. <laughs> like basically, like when he figured it out and he was like explaining it, I was like, ah, oh, makes sense. I mean, I knew that she was like her kind of connection to it that Mm -hmm. all kind of made sense but the idea of it being a pocket like the reverse pocket dimension is fucking wild yeah Yeah. what about for you Jamie I mean it's just I don't know if I would say that like I totally figured it out but I think it was a similar thing where it's just like as soon as like she's on the train yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I started to put it together. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, she's clearly not. I a was person. just afraid she was going to blow up like that penguin. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was like, no. And she's clearly like sort of a pot. I mean, I won't go so far as to say like a little bit. Because at that point, I'm speculating that it's like what? Either she's the cause. She, no, because she wouldn't have been the cause of it. So I was just like, the sphere is, you know. Something along. She's just like the the like the catalyst. No, I'm thinking more of like the. <laughs> I mean, weird reference, but like kind of the Smith to Neo of like oh, okay. the Matrix, right? That's, oh like, yeah, right? sure. I wouldn't. Have, okay. So, but she like they're two halves of the same coin. Like her and the penguins yeah. and the bubble are kind of like two parts of it. And the longer she stays in the world, like she's almost like jumped out of that dimension and, like, pulled it inside yeah. out with her. Yeah. And the longer she stays out of it, the more the bubble grows and the more trouble it causes and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I started to piece it together when when the train scene happened, but I didn't actually put it all together until they sat down in the cafe and he started talking. Once he started talking, I was like, I know exactly where he's going. Yeah, yeah. But up until then, I was still, like, shaky. Like, I had an idea... Of where it was going, like it's like I, she, there is some kind of relationship, antagonistic relationship between her and the bubble, but I I can't quite put it together. You but know? I also don't think you honestly have that much time to figure it out. Yeah, because you're learning things about the mystery as the story goes on. So like you yeah. don't even learn about the bubble until halfway through the movie. Yeah, yeah, and like the first half of the movie is pretty much just this mystery of. 
why can she manifest penguins when she throws exactly. That's not even like that. So it's that's the first. Or like, like where did the penguins come from? Like yeah. it starts the, off the with first that. super shift in the film is, and it's so well done, Isaac, because you're not even sure that that's what she's doing until like she does it yeah again. when she throws the coke can okay wait, wait wait hold on we can even so it starts out right and it's like why are there penguins yeah and then a penguin gets friggin slammed by a truck yeah that and you're like too. why did the penguin not get isekai yeah. yeah yeah like are these penguins immortal? Yeah. And then, or are they just being silly because it's a penguin? Like, right? And then you have the whole like her tossing it, and you're like, was that a dream? Did he see that? Is that yeah. a real thing? Yeah. And I mean, right? even even at that point too, it's it's not a heavy mystery. It's more along the lines of, oh, there's this weird thing she can do. One, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. And it's not until we start to see that she has a physical manifestation of. Like a, a negative physical manifestation that it yes. starts to take shape. That this is a, a an important mystery to see. And what's funny is when she is leaving the town. I don't. I'm I'm not positive about this, but we don't even really know about the sphere at that point. We do. We did. We, we do know the sphere. Okay. But even then, the sphere was not. It was not menacing in any way. Yeah, it was just yeah. weird. We don't necessarily it had, know it that the sphere the, is the, probe yet. the sphere is the cause of things. It. So much as it might just be another thing that is happening. Yeah, but like, even to that point, like we didn't even know, like that the penguins, like, could like die until yeah. they yeah, yeah. you know went too far on the train too. What's interesting to me also is that they do lay everything out in the movie, and if you're on top of it enough, you could theoretically piece it all together. Yeah, that's why. That's another reason why I want to watch it again because I'm just like I'm. I'm sure there's stuff yeah. in there. Just because like the way that they explain that like little pocket dimension part was just so cool. Though, okay, other thing I want to talk about is that. I swear to God, my other theory for this movie is that the dad is just drugging them all. With yeah, candy. yeah. <laughs> Does it? I mean, there's some weird, like the whole him passing him chocolates. I think that's that every gives morning. Some, yeah, I think he's like, just like microdosing him with like LSD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, do you think that's none of this happened? Do you think that's deliberate misdirection, or do you think that may, that's just like a story element that we read something into? Because I also thought that. Listen, I don't think we're given. Okay, maybe that's a part of the book. Maybe. Yeah. Also, weirdly, now that I think about it, we're not really given... Okay, so the, the two characters that I was saying, uh, to come back, you know, to like to talking about the characters, the two characters that I was like, I feel like we did learn enough about that kind of makes you speculate, we don't really know a lot about the dad or the mom. Well, here's the thing. I think we didn't know they had a mom. Well, <laughs> yeah. we, we, yeah. should, we should have, though, because thinking back, she was in the initial She is, first, yeah, so. yeah, she is. But, um, but that's actually, you know, I think it's also really important for the story that does tell, because in a coming-of-age film, a lot of times... You, the parents You don't, don't have exist. the parents, because the, it's, the story is not about a child's relationship to their parents. It's about the child's relationship to the world at large. That's generally how a coming-of-age story works. Um, so I think that it's interesting that, um, you know, you kind of get that in this case, but also the dad is still there 
as a figure who kind of provides like a sounding board sure. for him mm-hmm. to be like to be like hey like you know how's your investigation going and like he he, he can kind of talk it out with his dad a little bit well you know? it also helps develop his character too yeah, like it does. you understand you know why he is this way because yeah. his dad encouraged that yeah. in how he grew up so the there's a couple things like so it is a thank you uh, it's a pocket dimension? Yeah, something like That's that. That's the best. So, uh, the... Crack in space-time? Like... <laughs> sort of. So, it, it's basically just, like, this little bit of, like, nothingness. Not, not universe that gets, like, flipped inside out. Sure. Essentially. Yeah. Is Anti- how my brain understands it. Anti-matter? Yeah, I don't know. One, tracking onto a different um, topic for the moment, one of the things I wanted to talk about that was spoilery that I just was very funny to me was the sequence at the end where they're, like, rushing to the ocean um, and they're trying to get there, like, you know, to get the penguins there. And the (laughs) the Hanamoto grabs onto the arms of the fireman who's like trying to stop them, (laughs) and like he swings her around, and the bully kid gets a solid look under her dress, and is like the face that he made was so (laughs) perfect, and then he suddenly just becomes emboldened and tackles the firefighter. I thought that scene was really well. It was a really good way to add a comedic element to an otherwise very serious and tense But moment, also, you it's know? so, you know, it's so, like, emblematic of that character. Yeah. Is that it is, he's the, the one who is, like, sort of ahead of everyone. Yeah. Hormonally. Because, like, like if, doesn't if Aoyama, understand, really. So he's just reacting. <laughs> you have to imagine, because, like, if Aoyama had, had, had seen up her dress, probably wouldn't have reacted at all. Yeah. yeah. You know? Whereas you have the character who is a little bit more advanced in that way. Still the second best upskirt scene I've seen What's the in first? the past month. Uh, Lycoris Recoil. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was well done really well. We're that not gonna, one was really funny. <laughs> we're not going to beat that horse to death because we talked about it in another episode. <laughs> uh, also, just jokingly, just like... You know, when he figures out that it's just like, is he going to see the boobies now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were waiting to see if he would get you to see what? the boobies. You know what? I really thought that he was going to get to, like, touch him or something. Well, he yeah. kind of did when she hugs him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, not to be, like, gross or anything. It was it was done, but it was a very sweet. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, you know, it, it it did bring the boob plot line full circle. Yeah. Which you love, you love to see it. Yeah. You know? You like to see full circle boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. They don't have to be. Full circle, there's <laughs> sometimes probably some work. There's probably some work that's been done if they're full circle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, just in terms of, of what that did for the for that particular moment, uh, I definitely wanted to make sure we talked about it because it was, I thought it was well done. I thought it was an interesting, a funny sequence. Also, when they go, when they go into the bubble, it's just so, it's so cool. On the sea oh, of man. penguins. Oh man, yeah. When they're, when they're, they're just in the, on the raft, a raft of, penguins. of penguins. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I, oh my God. I, I'm so happy we saw that meme before yes, that scene yes, too because yes. all I could think of was just the like Attack on Titan, like music underneath rumble. it. Yeah. We're just, do you hear rumble? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Nothing like an actual penguin army. Yeah, you love, you love to see it. 
But right. yeah, I mean, feelings remain great. great yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any final final thoughts about the movie before we we actually wrap up the episode? No, like actually, it's chances are you have Amazon Prime or know someone who has Amazon Prime. So like, what do you have to lose? Go so like this movie. we couldn't discuss this in uh, the non spoilery, but the fact that Onisan is not a real person but yes oh like yeah we didn't talk person. about that either yeah the 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 full the full reason why it's interesting <gasps> that she never gets named is because she is not a person and like i think that that's a really interesting way to draw in a character who doesn't belong in the real world but but the funny thing is she feels i mean she has a job she has memories it's she has very it's, it's very another yeah 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 yeah, where you have somebody who's 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 who doesn't belong there, but has all of the feelings like somebody who does. There was one moment at the end that like got me in the feels too, when she was like, "I know I need to go back, yeah, but like I just want to stay here like a little bit longer." And I was just like, "Oh, yeah, you got me." When so what? As far as like before, you know, the moment where she can't go is. We were talking about, like, how much... So, a lot of this is, like, you... It's second person, but you do feel also, like, part of you is Ayoyama, the, the little kid. Yeah. And there's just moments in a movie where I you're just, like... I was once a 12-year-old boy obsessed with boobs. But not, <laughs> but not just that, but just, like, I, I was remembering times where there was, like, an, an older woman who was just, like, gorgeous or whatever. And just, like, get, you know... You fall in love with that person. Yeah. Uh, you're like 10 or 12. Give, give your balls a Doug Shorzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but there was, but like, when they, you, like, the moment where they pause on, like, she just got, she got dressed up yeah. to go to the beach with him. Yeah, yeah. And that he was, dressed up. He put, he put on his little formal shorts. Oh, yeah. And his high she was out, like, the sun so hat. scared she was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but that's the thing, is like, just that moment of just, like, Oh my god, it's like a little weirdly it also is just a weird like sort of weird like everyone is fine with this apparently. Well, yeah, we we also talked about like how it, it was it there did seem to be some kind of pre-established relationship between the parents and the Onesan. Yeah. But like I think that also makes even more sense now that we know that she was like inserted into this world. Sure. So like maybe, you know, that pre-existing relationship didn't exist but the memories of it were sure. implanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as a part of her being added to the world. Um so I do think that's also another interesting element to the story. I mean, yeah. Without spoiling anything, I will say that, uh, you know, concurrently with watching Penguin Highway, I've been watching season four of uh, of Westworld, and there there's some Westworld, <laughs> there's definitely some parallels some in there. vibes. I mean, you don't have to watch season four, but it just, just generally speaking, there's definitely that, like, you're a person, but not a person, but because mm. you were kind of designed what, what on some makes level a person what yeah. is a person what yeah. is art not me uh, so, you know yeah what makes them a human being or seem like they have a soul or like there's a whole thing yeah yeah great yeah well i think that's a penguin great place highway. for us to leave it watch penguin highway it was yeah. great we gave it we gave it an a minus so yeah it must be at least serviceable hit us up on socials uh and check out nerd pro quo yeah yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I'm Rod Marinaccio. Yeah. I sell Gabagool on the corner. Hold on.